prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome, everybody, to this week's stage performance of the Legend of Retro podcast. I am your hero, Chops. With me is, as always, the Bowser of the group, Craig WK. Hey, hey. We have the princess of the group, the glitch. How's it going? And the Luigi of the group, Xander. A beetle to the battle. <laughs> exactly. Listen here, <laughs> Green Chops. <laughs> Today we're can talking we, about. Can we, no, can we only call Xander Green Chops for the rest of this episode, please? <laughs> Mario, <laughs> listen, oh, green chops. Uh, <laughs> I <ought> to... <laughs> oh, god. Uh, so today we're talking about Super Mario Brothers 3. The, the stage play in the Mario games, <laughs> it is uh, released on the Nintendo by Nintendo themselves on February 12th of 1990. Uh, this might be the greatest platforming game on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Of all time. Possibly. Possibly of all time. There's some contention there, which I'll fight to the death on. Re- really? Super Mario World. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. I, it, it's tough. It is a hard toss-up for me between this and Super Mario World. Coming and, from a person who didn't have a Super Nintendo until we bought one for him. Correct. I played Super Mario World on the <laughs> Game Boy Advance, I think, for the first time. Oh, you mean when like, like, uh, uh, it was like Super Mario Brothers Advance 7, Four? Super Mario a, World. Uh, yeah, but it was the Super Mario World one is what I, I played. Yeah. In the, yeah, I, I would say, and, and Glitch, you can ba- please back me up on this. I would say this is better than Super Mario World. Oh, man, it's tough. It's like uh, it's I like want commitment. Godfather Part 1 and Godfather Part 2. You can't. I, I want hard commitments in this episode. By the end of this episode, I need each of you to choose a side. Well, wow. remember Mario World. Yeah, easy. Listen, listen, Green Chaps. <laughs> <laughs> so by the end of this episode. Anyways, oh. <laughs> we're talking about Super Mario Brothers 3 for the NES. Let's go down the line and see when the first time we played this game was. Uh, I will let Bowser, uh, Bowser Craig, go first. Uh, I will be happy to lead the pack. Uh, So this game came out in February of 1990. Uh, This would have been a game that I would have gotten at release, and it would have been a late Christmas present. I was so excited for Super Mario Brothers 3. Uh, I I loved this game so much. I spent so many hours playing it. I could have been playing with the neighbor kids. I could have been, you know, forging relationships that would have developed me into the person I am today. Uh, no. But instead, I was playing Mario Brothers 3. I think that's the right answer. Yeah, it's definitely the right choice. Yeah. Um, Glitch, Princess Glitch, what, what, what about you? Uh... Honestly, so I don't remember the first time I played it, but what's weird is my oldest video game memory is watching my brother and his friend play this game. That's cool. 
And so, I mean, I would have been so 90, I would have been three or yeah, four years old, three to four years old, depending. But uh, I just remember them playing it and we had it growing up. So eventually, obviously, I got my hands on it and played it a little bit. But it is like the superior version of the nes games i mean it's hard to even say that there's a better nes game than super mario brothers 3 mm-hmm. and that's even like we were talking earlier i mean is it better than super mario world probably probably not but we'll find out at the end of this episode <laughs> it's such a superior nes game that it just like is insane how good it is mm-hmm. green chaps uh i didn't get super mario brothers 3 until like I don't know, 2002 or three. So really uh, that late. Yeah. Uh, I always played it at friend's house. So I played it when I was little, like when oh, I was like okay. five or six, I, I played it at friend's house, but it's a game that I never owned um, and never completed until I was an adult. So um, I would remember going to friend's house and always wanting to play it. And they were, everybody was like, even friends that weren't like really big gamer friends, they had it and they would love to play it all the time. So I think it's uh, it's kind of a universal game that everybody loves. I think that if we were to take a poll of the world, that probably Mario Brothers 3 would, would come out the more popular game. But uh, at the end of this episode, you'll hear me repeat that Super Mario World is the better game. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down, Green Chaps. Slow down. Uh, as for me, Red Chaps, um, I I played this game a lot at my, my friend's house that lived down the street, like one block over. We would play her. She would have um, Little Caesars pizza parties in her basement. Like we would just invite friends over. Her mom would buy a bunch of hot and ready's, which aren't hot and ready's at that time. And we would just eat Little Caesars pizza and play Super Mario Brothers 3 and take turns. Like whenever someone died, the next person would take turns playing. And it was like your typical 70s basement, shag carpet, wood paneling, like like the the scene for it i uh, chops that sounds like the most quintessential like 90s memory ever an outdated basement playing the nintendo and eating little caesar's pizza before they uh, weren't as good with hot and ready yeah and so so that's that's the time that i remember playing this game the most um as kind of with green chops i don't know if we owned this game growing up, or if we did, it was in that period where my brother sold all the Nintendo stuff to get Sega stuff, and I just missed it and didn't get it until much later. But uh, I've also, I will, I will admit, uh, I have, I don't think I've ever beaten the game. Oh, really? Oh, I have. Yeah, I, uh, when it came out as Super Mario Advance Three, uh, I got it and I and I finished the game. Okay. I, yeah, I might have done that too on the advance because I, I own that, but I don't remember ever beating it. I, I think I've only ever beat it once. So it's not like when I was a kid, I remember thinking it was really the final boss was like really tough. But like when I went back to like play it, it was like, oh, wow, I feel like the levels leading up to Bowser are tougher than Bowser or even his last castle are. Yeah, mm-hmm. those those final like fortress levels, those are the final boss. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, whole the whole world eight, I feel like, is the worst part of this game. Uh, yeah, some fighting, of them Bowser at, fighting Bowser at the end is basically reading the dialogue before you watch the credits. 
and, it, and it's and it's we didn't really like explain the game because I feel like we really shouldn't have to explain what Super Mario Brothers three is. But but for those who are I don't know for the uninitiated right right now right now like children in the womb I don't know that are listening parents are listening to this and and forcing them to hear via uh, speakers. Um, it's a I would say one of the greatest role play or role playing. Sorry, one of the greatest platform games, which is recorded role playing game episode, just behind the scenes. So that was in my head. Uh, one of the greatest platforming games, like like uh, Princess Glitch said, the best I think on the NES, hands down. I don't think there's a game that gets close to it, other than Zelda, um, and it is it is the third game in the Mario series that kind of. I feel like is the when you think of pop culture of of Mario, it starts with Super Mario Brothers three. I don't even think it starts with one, you know, like the look, thinking of how he looks, the items, the levels. I think it starts with three. I mean, it certainly popularized Mario to a a really wide degree. It was around the time of Mario 3 when we started seeing Mario cartoons, Mario Brothers movies, movies where Mario 3 was in it. Uh, But I, yeah, the, the, it's, it's crazy to, to me to think of what a jump it is because in Japan, you know, keep in mind that Mario 2 in America is Yume no Kojo Doki Doki no Paniku but look at Mario 1 and then Lost Levels Mario 2 they look almost identical and then the game jumps to 3 and it is just leaps and bounds in the controlling the quality the graphics the music every little thing just blows Mario 1 and 2 out of the water just destroys it and so it's it's easy to see that, you know, this is probably about one of the most, uh, you know, well put together Nintendo games. It's, you know, it's a chop set. It, there's just really no comparison. Princess Glitch, I saw your hand raised a moment ago. So, I mean, yeah, Craig was talking about just pop culture in general for this game when it came out do you guys remember the mcdonald toys that came in the happy meals i love so, them so you i think someone po- did you post it in the discord recently Maybe. someone posted an image of the like happy meal where it was like basically the background of a super mario brothers 3 level and i i vaguely remember them i don't remember them in quite detail but i do remember the fact that like fast foods had a lot better toys when we were growing up. Let's just, let's get that out there. Oh, like sure. licensing definitely screwed the, uh, the fast food industry. Oh, I remember the Mario one was, it had like a suction cup and it would pop up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was in the Tanuki suit, right? The, no, you no. just had the, the tail. On the, the, tail. the um, raccoon. Yeah. The Koopa Troopa had like a, an air pump thing and it would like hop yeah. around. And that was like there was like two more, and I can't think. I think there was a Goomba. There one was a Goomba. Jumped. There was a Goomba that had a suction cup at the bottom of its chin, and it would jump forward. Yeah. There was Luigi that was like it's, it looked like he was running. I'm sorry, a Green Chops that looked like he was running, <laughs> and you could pull it back and then let it go, and it would like zip across. Okay. Um, and I there were probably a couple others that I'm just forgetting right now. You want to yeah. hear uh, something really weird? 
Uh, they're in storage right now. I don't have them handy. Uh, but uh, I have little Mario Brothers like statues. Uh, and they're not really statues. They're they're like plastic. And I think what they were were they were for like cake decorators. Like they were like the licensed product that you would buy for like, you know, like at grocery stores, they have a Mario Brothers cake. And so I have three of them, Mario climbing on a vine, Mario shooting a fireball and like, uh, uh, oh, maybe that's the only two I have. I think there's even a third one out there that I just don't own. Yeah, I remember those from your uh, from your house growing up. Oh yeah, yeah, they were so cool. I don't, I don't even remember how I got a hold of them. I think the the fireball one, my like grandparents like were like, oh, we were we found this while we were like shopping or something. It was like, oh yes, give it to me. I, <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, you know, the the most important thing I think we can talk about the that glitch was hitting at, but uh, he's he's just he's too scared to bring it up because it's such a heavy topic. The wizard. The wizard. The wizard. That savage even, movie. We didn't even have the game at this time. Like Wait, it was really. Red it was came out before. Yeah, the, yeah. That movie came out. The wizard before. introduced Mario Brothers three. North America got it. So like this is. It was basically just a giant advertisement hmm. for the game itself because it was in like the tournament scene, uh-huh. where he's, you know, playing against everyone, and it's like Super Mario Brothers three, and you're like, what the hell is that? Does this, does this take place in the future? <laughs> Uh, well, what's crazy to me is the fact that this game came out in uh, October of 1988 in Japan. Because of a chip shortage, they could not produce enough copies for North America uh, to get this game. And so we got it in February of 1990. And then Europe got it in August of 91. Wow. And then it, and then it was just with everything. It was yeah. with the system. It was everywhere. You, like I feel like it's probably one of the easiest games you could find these days for for the NES. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy to to think about uh, just how pervasive Mario was. Like around this time, people started to realize that Mario was more popular than Mickey Mouse. That's so weird to think about if if you're putting if you're putting pop culture cartoon icons on out there on levels. Yeah, I would say nowadays and only because of Disney World popularizing it more. Mario probably would have been more popular for sure. And now that there's a Mario Land like Mm -hmm. amusement park, it's only going to become even more popular than, than than mickey mouse i would say at this point i would argue that you likely can't get mario any more popular than he is like i yeah. i can't imagine like i can imagine some kids not knowing who mickey mouse are because the parents just don't show those cartoons don't buy that product but like i feel like mario is so pervasive that he's on all commercials you know every channel's commercials He's on, you know, he's get, gets a video game every other year or so. Uh, Mickey Mouse has what, like an emblem for a company that makes Marvel movies? Like, what is that? That's nothing. He, he has a, a few cartoons these days. Well, I've got a three-year-old. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can tell you that Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is alive and well. <laughs> My daughter loves it. Oh, well. If you had a Mario Clubhouse, would she be watching that instead of Mickey Mouse? Um, 
she's really picky about the stuff she's into, but I would certainly try to show it to her more. Okay. I've got yeah. the uh, the Super I mean, Mario Brothers. <laughs> I have the the Super Mario Brothers three cartoon box set like sitting here behind me, and I could definitely show her that. But her her attention span, like if it's not singing songs, she doesn't care about it. The uh, hot dog, hot the dog, hot dog. That is it. That cartoon, The Adventures of Super Mario Brothers three. Yeah. Is that the only? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got that too. You know what though? I've never sat down and watched that. I don't know if I've ever actually watched that show. Is that the I one? Is, is that the cartoon that's not like interlaced with the sh- the Super Show? No, or is yeah. it, it, or it is it's the a one. different. It's a different show. It's a different. Yeah, it's a different one. They're okay. all standalone like cartoons without any kind of live action Lou Albano uh, lead-ins. <laughs> um, I've I sat through and watched it, but I, I mean I didn't like plop myself down and stare at it and watch it, you know, pay, give it my full attention. I would play it in the background as I would do with a lot of like TV shows around the time that came out on DVD. I would like be playing my Xbox and like have it on the background and just like at loading screens, turn and watch and then go back to my game. Is Toad super sarcastic in that one too? Uh, You're asking me to remember a cartoon that I have paid attention to like 18 (laughs) years ago, dude. (laughs) Uh, To answer your question though, glitch. uh, uh, Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the cartoon didn't change that much from the uh, the one that was based on uh, Mario 1 and Mario 2, uh, the first one. It's not very different. The only uh, change is the Koopa Kids, which was were first introduced in Mario 3. Mm-hmm. And they had weird names, didn't they? Yeah, uh, they uh, didn't get fully localized in America when they were making the cartoon. And so you have like Cheatsy Koopa instead of like larry or whatever it's super <laughs> weird that they have different names and they never went back to change it even in the mario world cartoon well so they were all named after famous musicians or like radio personnels because i know like it's like iggy is iggy pop wendy uh-huh. is wendy williams yep. roy is roy Oberson, lemmy is lemmy um morton downey mm-hmm. jr yeah lou with lou oh god uh beethoven is obviously you know, van beethoven lou- so oh, I thought like, it was Lou Rolls. <laughs> so I mean, they had all that, but uh, did you guys I have, have a favorite? Did I do have, have the favorite one. I do have their uh, cartoon names here. If you want to know, oh, let's hear that before we figure out who our favorite is. So Roy was Bully, Wendy was Cootie Pie, Lud- uh, Ludwig was Cookie, Lemmy was Hip, Iggy was Hop, Morton was Big Mouth, and Larry was Cheatsy. These are awful names. <laughs> awful names. <laughs> Um, my my favorite was um, like the dumb looking one, the big dumb, like the one that looks like he's the dumbest. It's either Roy or Morton. Morton has the star over his eye. Roy has the sunglasses. But those are the two. Oh, like, yeah, Roy. Roy is the one I like. I always kind of liked Larry. Uh, and I thought it was interesting that in Mario 3, Larry is like the first one you fight, and then he's the last one you fight in Mario World. Oh. Because he needed, because he didn't want to go first this time. He, he needed to get his revenge. Mm-hmm. I was always a Lemmy guy. I loved that he was on the ball. Oh, yeah, that's fun. He was just the coolest one. Yeah, Lemmy was mine as well. Yeah. They're, that's cool that the the mechanics of them are, are unique to their, they're kind of like, they have they have their own personality kind of that comes out in those in those fights. Even though you don't that's the only time you see them. You, they don't say anything. You don't get like, other than I'm sure there's probably stuff in the manual, which is, it w- which to me, it's hard to talk about a game like this without looking at the manual in front of me because I feel like so much of these games 
like the the richness of them exist in the manual along with playing the game i um, will say that uh uh mario 3 my manual is like nearly in tatters because i just looked at it all the time i drew pictures you know i tried yeah. to draw the the enemies from the game i you know traced them i just so much stuff like that i just like all my video game manuals i did that but mario 3 was a big one at the time so uh i don't know if i have that manual my brother might still have that one because it was his game growing up but uh the the there's a page in the manual where it shows all eight uh koopalings i'm looking at it right now yeah and i remember we tried to draw the lines of like what order you go into and we just got it wrong like a bunch of times so there's like 20 different lines that are started up and then it's like a big circle around them and just like all of a sudden we're just like scratching off the lines that we got wrong for it's a disaster but yeah mine's my mine was just destroyed like the i I think the front page was torn off it didn't have the couple pages were missing i want to change my answer i meant i i meant morton morton was the one i was picturing in my head oh Oh, morton and and i wanted to stress he's a junior who's his dad (laughs) who's morton's dad well, if you look at the at the uh, first non-table of contents page of the manual, uh, Bowser says, ha, 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 these are my seven children that are going to help me take over the mushroom world. Wait, so, so, Bor- so Bowser's first name is Morton? Well, here's the weird thing. Uh, Morton Bowser Koopa. <laughs> uh, Miyamoto, uh, Chigeru Miyamoto, has uh, gone on record as saying that they are not actually his children. Uh, and when people question and they're like, well, whose kids are they? He just like gives a non-answer. Like Miyamoto doesn't care. He's just like, whatever. They're a bunch of brats that, uh, you know, Bowser's uh, owns. You, you say, yeah, you're saying that the uh, the czar of this kingdom stole children and just made them his own. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, actually, it kind of does. Now that, you, you, you know, when you kind of get down to the brass tacks there. Uh, Page four of the manual says these are Bowser's kids with two exclamation points. Yeah, no, I get it. And they said we just love being mean, which is totally Bowser-esque. But but uh, since Craig mentioned Miyamoto, so like we have Miyamoto and Tezuka on this creation of this game. Basically, the creators of all the IPs for Nintendo uh-huh. who did this game. The gods of Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, basically. And yeah. this was actually the last game that Miyamoto was credited as a designer instead of uh, director or producer, which is actually a pretty interesting thing because uh, I think it shows. I mean, I have to say, well, I guess it, it doesn't show because Super Mario World, we'll discuss, is the better game. But, anyways, Super Mario Brothers 3, it just shows like how big of a leap it does on the NES in 1988 is when the game mm-hmm. came out. So it's just crazy. It's also interesting that this is early enough in Shigeru Miyamoto's career that, you know, he's you know, still considered a designer for a game rather than just being one of the higher ups. Yeah. You know, this is a guy who was working on like Popeye licensed games for Nintendo a few years (laughs) before this. And now he's making like the company millions and millions of dollars. Uh, So in this game, they also introduced the other like suits and like items you could collect. Uh, Did you guys have a favorite of that as well? Because I know there was a bunch of fun ones. Um, 
I always, and it's only because it's the most useless one. I love the frog suit <laughs> just because it it's was not just useless. like the goofy. It, it's the most useless. Listen, of all the suits, it's the most useless. It is the most useless suit in the whole game. Because how how many water levels are there? Okay, not enough. But how many water levels are there where there is a frog suit that you can get right before it and not have to play a non-water level with a frog suit? But swimming is so much easier with the frog suit. Yeah, no, no kidding. That's why it's so great, because it, I feel like it, it provides the best improvement to the worst part of the game, no, which are water levels. But it's also the u- most useless suit there is. Well, OK, but the most useless item, though, I have to say, is the music box. Uh, I, I, I disagree with that a little bit, but yes. It, it's close for me. It's that and the hammer because I never use the hammer to break blocks. Cause like, I'm just going to play all the levels. So how are you going to get the, the secret whistle without the hammer in world two? I just get it in world, uh, world one. I don't really care about it after that. But what, how are you going to get three whistles that way? Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. Again, I'm, you're talking to a guy who's never beaten the game. So, yeah, so um, I'm kind of just browsing through the manual here. and I've got the items in front of me. Mm-hmm. There was an anchor. Yeah, it uh-huh. was to stop the ship from moving after you. Yeah, if you lost. I, I see that. I don't remember ever seeing it though. It's rare. I've ever used it. Uh, I, I remember getting it, it once. Where do so you there, get it? There is actually a point where it is useful, and I think what is it? Is it World Five where you go into the clouds? Like there's two separate sections of the world map. Yeah. Um, it is possible that if you're in the cloud area, the ship will go down to the other area off screen. And you can't get to it, and you're soft like, and you have to reset the game. <laughs> the anchor is actually useful, but I mean, get good. Don't don't lose on the where ship. Do you get, I want to look up where you get the anchor. It's a mushroom house, I think. Uh, I don't remember. I, which I one. don't think I've ever gotten the anchor. <laughs> I have gotten it before. I. Uh, it's found Craig, in so, desert land, giant land, and Iceland. Wow, mm-hmm. three places. But Craig, did you have a favorite uh, suit? Oh, absolutely. And I don't even know if it's in the uh, guide. It's the Hammer Brothers suit. Yep. That one was cool. Xander? Uh, I, I'm with Chops. With, with the, the frog, frog suit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I, love I, the frog I, suit. I will say, just to, just to further frustrate on how to get this item, it's, this item is rare. It can only be rece- uh, received at a special white mushroom house, which you can only get after collecting a certain number of coins in a certain uh, level in the even-numbered worlds. Maybe that's why I've only seen it once. So I do have those numbers here. Because um, on the 30th anniversary of this game, I did a 30 things you may not know about uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 blog. Mm-hmm. And uh, to get the so the white houses only appear if you get a certain amount, number of coins, but there is one level in each of the worlds. So like one four, you have to co- collect at least forty five coins. It's basically just like encouraging you to collect as many coins in the level as possible, mm-hmm. is what it is. But mm-hmm. there's one level in each of the seven worlds, the first seven worlds, where you can do that. And are there uh, so specific weird. prizes in each of those houses? Great question. I don't have those. Uh, I'm going to take a shot in the dark it's thing and say things like the anchor and the Juggum's Cloud and other weird items. I will say that it, it took me embarrassingly long to figure out the special ability of the Tanuki suit. The turning into a statue? 
Yes. I, I don't think I realized that as a child. And it was many years later that I was able to re- actually remember it or, or learn that you could do that. And what an interesting, such an interesting, like idiosync, idiosyncratic Japanese thing that it's a tanuki suit. Nobody in the West knew what a tanuki was, nor the fact that in their mythology that they're like trickster, prankster spirits that like turn into statues and do things like that. And so like when we're on the like playground talking as a kid, it's like, oh, did you get the tanuki suit and turn into the statue? Nobody was like, that's normal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I always call it just the raccoon suit. Like, I never knew it was called the Tanuki suit until way later. Because, again, didn't have the manual. I had no idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, the the best item uh, that functionally and I think objectively is the hammer suit, right? Uh, we well, say I think the the my favorite is the hammer suit. But I will say that the uh, P-Wing is certainly the, the best oh, item in the game. No, it's not. It's the most annoying. What? Because oh. of that noise, that oh. P... Oh, of course, noise. high it's pitched, high high frequency, eight bit deedles kill chops. Oof, it is the worst. Is I think it's neat that when you have the the P wing, oh yeah, when you get hit, you don't actually lose the raccoon tail. Well, that's uh uh, uh due to the them changing the game for America. Uh, originally in Japan, when you got hit, you went to small Mario. Uh. But in the American version, you just lose the power by one tier instead of going all the way back down to the bottom. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, they uh, they made it a little bit easier on players in uh, sure, in the West. Dumb, dumb we American. We just weren't good enough. I mean, I know that. So one thing I do want to mention specifically about this game, and it's something that like kind of shows, you know, this is before the Internet. Well, we had like Nintendo Power magazines. We would play these games and talk to our friends about it. The white block that you would uh, hold down on and it would put you behind the scenery. Mm-hmm. Like that's just something that we knew growing up. Like that's just something that like we like heard our friends talk about. And I was like, oh my God, you got to do this. And then we did it. And now that's just something like ingrained. Like I don't even think I could possibly go into that level and not do it because it's just like the fun, like almost like Easter egg that everyone kind of knew. Well, it's also, um, it's like, it's like just long enough that you have to pull down for where you feel like, no, this isn't real. <laughs> like, like it's not, I'm not going to drop behind. <laughs> and then you do. And you're like, wait, it, it happened. <laughs> it, and then you're like moving and you're like, Oh, I'm behind the bushes. Okay. This is, this is new. This is different. I, uh, I I appreciate, too, the fact that, uh, and much like Chops was saying earlier about how uh, it's sort of like the stage play of the Mario Brothers series, you're in, like, the background. It's it's as if it is a play, and, like, you're in the midst of, like, the, the you know, in between the, the far background, the backdrop or whatever, and, like, the, you know, bushes and stuff like that. And it does. It makes it feel kind of like a stage play. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't you guys play Celeste? No, Maybe. a little bit. Um, so there's these like secret hearts that you kind of have to like search on the you know off beaten path to to find. And in one of the chapters, I think it was like chapter four, you get to this area 
and that block is there. It's on the screen, that white block. That's and cool. instinctively, I just walked over to it and I held down for, you know, six seconds. And sure enough, right in the background. And that's how you get to the heart. And I just think that's like a really cool nod to the game. The fact that, you know, decades later, mm-hmm. it could be this block. There's a simple white block yeah. that if you didn't play Mario Brothers 3, you had no idea what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely ingrained, I think, in, in the gameplay of it. Yeah, it, it this is such a uh just such a special game all around. Uh but uh glitch in shops. Uh do you guys happen to have some interesting glitches and speedrun stuff? Whew. Okay, so I watch a lot of of Mitch Flower Power who has a lot of the current world records for this game mm-hmm. and he he runs a bunch of different categories. Any percent just beat the game as fast as you can. Any percent warpless so you don't use warp whistles. Uh, there's 100%. There's there's so the, like the game has been I think gutted in every way shape or form with tools and programming that they literally can can tr- almost track it down to the subpixel almost on, on movement and stuff that you need to do. So like the game itself, and I'm pretty sure the glitch is, has listed this on, like on his blog. He said, but the game itself, um, there's there's moments where you can clip into the the walls of the game, and in the programming, if you were to get into the walls, it ejects you to the right. So there's many spots in the game where, uh, for example. Um, in Bowser's castle at the very end of the game, there's like a one up mushroom that you can get. That's in like this, like staircase part of the level. If you jump up and duck into that above that block and just hold right and let go of, of down, you'll go through the block, the wall huh. to the right and skip a whole part of that level. So like, there's a lot of places that speedrunners will use to, to skip through parts that would normally take a minute or 30 seconds or whatever, just just completely blow through and bypass so that they can just get to the end of the level. Because, you know, in Nintendo games, a lot of times the levels are set up as panels. So like you may have a level that starts at the pipe and you go in and it takes you to an underground. Well, you can clip through the wall and then on the other end of that wall is just the end of the level because it's on the same panel interesting yeah i know seven one is like a big one for that seven one is that one where you like you enter the stage you go into like this building and that's the one where you got to go like up the pipes and you step on the block that like kind of moves you around i Um, distinctly remember that level Mm -hmm. so you don't need to do all that literally is is the level starts just run up to the entryway like kind of like into the doorway area and if you do it a certain way it just pushes you through to the end of the level oh so (laughs) it just takes seconds uh but that level also has the wrong warp which uh chops did you anything on the wrong warp no go ahead go ahead on that um so much like super mario world the the players have figured out a way that if they can use enemies to have certain y access points like where they're destroyed or where they're set you can manipulate the game so it can send you to the end of the game. Yeah, it's like, it's like coding the game with the values of items and character and like yeah. creatures. So basically, it, it's possible to get to, you know, World Seven One. Use two whistles, get to it real quick, do this wrong warp maneuver, and beat the game in three minutes and two seconds. Mm-hmm. Good lord! Yeah, and and right now, so that's the world record. Right now, um, Mitch Flower Power is practicing blindfolded uh, warpless runs. 
or a, a wrong warp runs. So, so he can play the basically the first whole world almost. Uh, I think he's practicing right now. He can play uh, stage one or level one and two right now blindfolded, um, which is crazy. Good lord. Um, I did have some stuff for the reception of the game because obviously it sold really well. It was the third best selling game on the NES. It sold 18 million copies. Did you guys want to give a guess at what the one and two best-selling NES games were? Mario Brothers 1. Yep. Tetris. Nope. Legend of Zelda. So Zelda was fifth. Mm. Uh, Duck Hunt. I'll give Craig a couple guesses. Duck Hunt was number two. And that, then Mario yeah. Brothers 2 was uh, just below three. It was the fourth best-selling. Mm, okay. Um, and then this is something I've been doing on previous episodes. Uh I looked up at Game Values Now, which is the site I use to look up game values of, of games I buy. Um, and I took the last four months average of what Super Mario Brothers 3 sells for, loose cartridge, and I want to see who can guess the closest. $7. Xander? Four, $14.99. Okay. And Chops? 105 for a loose copy of the $105 final answer. All right. Uh, $13.44. Sandra was like, so right close. There. So close. Um, I will say, though, the a rare sealed alternate cover art copy of this game sold for $156,000. Yeah. Is that the which, is that when the Mario, the bros is on the right or the left? Yeah. So the bros part is on the left instead of the like left. centered. Yeah. Yeah which is currently the highest valued purchase of any video game ever. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Good Lord. And oh. One more like Easter egg oh. thing that I don't know if you guys knew this in the Bowser fight. If you use the P wing or just, you know, fly over the left wall, you actually get a duplicate image. It's like another battle with Bowser, but he can't shoot fire. What really? So you can actually do the battle with Bowser, but he can't shoot fire. He still does like the like the coughing look, like he is <laughs> shooting fire, <laughs> but nothing. Yeah, and if That's you so duck, weird. actually, when he does the ground pound, you don't take any damage. Yep, I know that. because your your hip his hit box is like in a weird spot. Yeah, so it's like it's his chest area. Yeah, it's not his legs. Bowser's a wiener. He can't even <laughs> hurt you when he's jumping on top of you. Oh, I remember wow. when I when I did finally complete this game when it came up for the Game Boy Advance. I remember getting so excited at the final Bowser fight because it was this Bowser fight from Super Mario RPG. Yeah, it's the uh, same theme, the isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. For everybody else, they were playing Mario. It was like it's that song from Mario Three, and for me, it was the exact opposite. It's that song from Mario <laughs> RPG, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, uh, uh, speaking of songs. What do you say? We go ahead, take a brief pause, hear a word from one of our uh, partners, and then we'll jump on into the music. Imagine being stuck in a room for days, far from your friends and family while feeling sick and scared. Now, imagine being in that same room, but having access to online gaming, virtual reality, 3D printing, Lego robotics, and the ability to create your own Twitch channel. At CS Mott Children's Hospital, we use video game technology to improve our patients' lives and help them reach their therapeutic goals. But we can't do it without your help. 
Every device and interaction provided to our patients is paid for by the thoughtful donations of gamers like you. If you want to help, then go to tiltify.com slash mottchildren. That's T-I-L-T-I-F-Y dot com slash M-O-T-T children. There, you can make a one-time donation or, if you're a content creator, learn how to stream for Mott. So if you want to help other gamers like you, please visit tiltify.com slash mottchildren and play for the little victors. So guys, this might shock you, Mm. but the music was composed by the legendary Koji Kondo. I was going to say Elton John. I, you know, I know that uh, some people get that mistake. Uh, you know, it happens all the time. People look at Mario 3 and they're like, oh, it's that uh, game that Elton John uh, did the music for. But no, it was actually Koji Kondo. Wow. Interesting. And that's that the most shocking really thing. Any... He's, really shocking other, other, uh, he's not really done any other music, has he? I mean, at this point, nah, not a, not much. It's no. not that well done, right? He just took a single day and made the one of the most legendary uh, themes of all time in Legend of Zelda. You know, what was it like a half hour hour? He was like, oh, whoops, gotta you know fill this out real quick and all right, done for the weekend. I uh, yeah, Koji Kondo did the music for Mario, Mario Two, Legend of Zelda, though not Link's Adventure, uh, which is interesting. I uh, he went on to do Mario World, Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. Uh, Kochi Kondo is. I, I don't know that you could argue that he's the best video game composer of all time, but I would say that he's certainly the most renowned and well-known video. Provincial. Yeah. Yeah, I, for sure. Uh, you know, the, the Mario theme alone means that he basically won that. Uh, but I. Guys, I tell you what, let's go ahead and uh, we've each uh, chosen a uh, song here. Uh, let's listen to Glitch's first pick. First Who? pick. Pick first. Anyway. Princess Glitch. Princess Glitch. Princess Glitch uh, has chosen the second overworld theme. Let's give it a listen. Is, it's interesting because it's a theme that I could probably listen to for hours on end, but it loops at like 30-something seconds. Yar. It's, a, it's the perfect length. It, it, it doesn't need to be any longer. It, it's, it's, it's pretty much perfect the way it is, and it's only 30-something seconds. Mm-hmm. 
that's how a lot of the, the music in this game is. It's it's short and sweet, and you never want to stop listening. Yeah, short and sweet, and I like the beat. <laughs> Indeed. Now, speaking of which, uh, Xander has chosen for us the underworld theme. Let's go ahead and give this a listen. the underworld theme from super mario brothers 3 and it's to the point where i can't hear that song or that you know even the original underworld theme from the first game without hearing that drum beat i love that added drum beat it's a real fun drum beat like a real easy to play too right xander uh i don't play drums no i don't know Mm, i thought you played drums only in my heart well, never that's mind. That's Moving on. It's uh, more of a red chops thing. <laughs> it's totally a red chops thing. Not a green chops thing. Let's go, Bowser Craig. So the next song is one that I have chosen. Uh, it is the underwater theme. Let's go ahead and give this one a listen. underwater theme from Mario Brothers 3. Beautiful. I Yeah, I really enjoy water music in video games anyway. Uh, but uh, for some reason, like, there are definitely some tougher water levels that use this theme. But uh, I always just go back to that first one in the, the what is it, World 3 Stage 1 or whatever, uh, where you can, like, drop down and get, like, the, uh, I think it's a fire flower. And then, mm-hmm. like, go back up and go through the level. And it's, like, real easy. But for some reason, it's just real relaxing. And this music is just, like, sort of the perfect fit for it. And then Very eventually, soothing. you, you know, swim around jellyfish that can insta-kill you. And it's uh, horrendous. It's the big, worst. And a big fish that spits out a little fish. Well, like you're just going to have that super... Style. just going to have that super useful frog suit. Exactly. Full suit the, in the game. Full, full circle. Niche suit. <laughs> Finally... Uh, chosen by Chops, we have the theme uh-huh. of the fortresses. Let's give this one a listen as well. Mm-hmm. 
that is the fortress theme which is uh honestly for for nintendo music kind of dreadful <laughs> it's it's much more atmospheric than music i feel like um which is why i like it it also just reminds me of like old horror movies <laughs> yeah you know like like old in the, in the respect that like a pipe organ player would like play while a black and white silent film would be playing uh like it just like it just it's it's to me very dramatic and over the top to build suspense with and that's why i I like it like it a lot i had this song earned to a cd and uh, arcade phantom from noiselander arcade and i uh would drive around uh, particularly, I remember it was like the night of like the Livonia Spree fireworks where everybody's just like in parking lots wherever. And we would just like drive slowly through the parking lots with my windows all down and the song just blaring, just being creeps. <laughs> and so that's what I think of every time I hear the song. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, that's uh, uh, I feel like uh, uh, Sean, the arcade phantom just brings out the creepiness in all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I uh, guys. That's the music of Super Mario Brothers 3. What are your guys' final thoughts when it comes to this game? Is this where we decide if we like Mario World or Mario 3 better? Mario World better. That goes out saying. This is, this is where we'll decide it. Well, after, after a lot of reflection and uh, us talking about it, I have to say that Super Green Chops World is the better game. Uh, yeah. Is that your final Super thought Mario, on the, the game? Super Mario U, Green Chops, Gaiden is the best one. Uh, shut up, Chops. Super Mario World is better. Xander, what are your final thoughts? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a, it's a classic game. It's um, It's one that you know, I can turn on and it's almost like autopilot going through the first couple worlds. And then eventually I'm like, this game's a lot longer than I remember. I'm going to stop playing probably around world three. <laughs> it's about as far as I get every time I play it. But uh, it's, it's good times. It's, it's something that if, even if you're playing, if you just want to play old video games with someone who just has a passing interest in video games, they're like, Oh, I can totally play Mario three all night. Like wonderful. Let's play some video games then. Uh, Glitch. What are your final thoughts? I uh, so it's the staple I think on the NES. If you haven't played this, definitely give it a shot. And uh, World Four is the best world in the game because you're the small little Mario and you get a bunch of big items. Giant World, oh yeah, it's it's the best, easily, hands down. We didn't even need to bring it up and ask each other what the best world is because we all knew it was Giant World. Greg, what about you? Uh, for me, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 is an incredibly special game. And I've told this story before on another episode or maybe a Patreon special. Uh, but I, I, uh, my Uncle Billy passed away a few years ago now. Uh, but uh, one of my fondest memories is my Uncle Billy had a date. And he, he was really wanted to like impress this lady. And this lady had a daughter who was like probably like 14 to 16 years old. And I was at the time, you know, nine ish, 10 ish or something, you know, maybe even a little younger, a little older, whatever. Uh, Probably a little younger, honestly. And uh, my uncle came in. He's like, oh, he's like, Craig, Uh, he's like, uh, uh, you want to, you know, go to this like carnival? It was at like the local mall or whatever. And I was like, 
no, I'm playing Mario Brothers 3. I don't need that. And he was like, oh, you, you really like it. Come on, you should play. You know, come on, play. And he basically wanted to, like, get that lady's daughter away from him and this girl he wanted to, like, you know, go on this date with. And so, uh, like, an hour, a couple hours went by, and I'm still playing Mario Brothers 3. At this point, I'm in, like, I don't know, like, the Sky World or whatever. You know, really focusing as the game's getting a little tougher for me. And uh, he, like, he comes with his... This, this girlfriend of his and that daughter. And so the daughter like comes in to the room and is like, Craig, she's like, I'd really, you know, it'd be really fun to like go to this carnival with you. I'd really appreciate it. And like, I just deadpan straight up looked over at her and was just like, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm playing Super Mario Brothers 3. And I made my choice at that moment. And that basically defined who I was as a person. <laughs> Not a good person mind you not an intelligent person i'm not gonna go that far by any stretch but that is who i am and that was decided at the age of eight nine something like that wow i feel like it's extra weird that the daughter was like also cool with your uncle billy trying to get some time alone with her mom Oh, uh, yeah, it was weird. Uh, anything involving my Uncle Billy was weird. Like, there's nothing normal about him. Also, why didn't your Uncle Billy just bring your little sister along? I don't know. Uh, that's, that's the weird thing. Like, your sister would have definitely said yes, I can, especially at that age. Oh, for sure. I, the only thing I can think is that uh, I maybe it was something where, like, she wasn't around. Because there were uh, times when, like, I, I, you know, she might have, like, you know, either been in a friend's house or, you know, I, I didn't know what that was back then, but, uh, you know, or, or gone out to like a, another family members, like with my mom or something. Maybe my uncle Billy was like taking care of me at the time. I don't remember. Uh, all I remember is, uh, Mario brothers three. Well, done. well, following that story, uh, I like super Mario brothers three. We didn't even talk about the two player battle mode, which is probably, uh, not the, not the best part of it. Um, but, uh, if you haven't played it, you should probably play it because it's defined every super Mario brothers game since. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I think we can all agree that it is the best Mario brothers game that has been ever released ever. So let's go on to the next segment here in the, in the show, uh, uh, group. Uh, no, hang on a second, because I was curious, that two-player mode that you mentioned, uh, is that anything like Super Mario Brothers for Atari? <laughs> Mario, where are you? Mario, where are you? It's Atari Mario Brothers. <laughs> His brother Luigi and a whole cast of scary monsters. Yeah, just play his red chaps and green chaps. <laughs> oh, but, you know, uh, Chops is right. We do need to say that Mario World is better than Mario 3, and move on to our Retro Relapse. Jones in for a classic game? It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. Glitch, what what hath thou wrought? I, I gotta go, guys. I'll, I'll be back after this segment's over. Uh, you ain't uh, going nowhere, Glitch. Yeah, here's the thing, Glitch. Um... There's a timed gas leak that's going to happen at the end of this episode because of this retro relapse. So uh, you ain't going You're anywhere. in a cage for three minutes. <laughs> You're going nowhere. <laughs> Glitch, you made us use DOS. Yes, you made yes. Us, you made us install this 
<laughs> worst game I've ever played. Well, this, we'll see about that. Actually, this <laughs> took this took some work having to track down uh, a DOS. You know, DOS box isn't hard to find, but I wanted to make sure I got the right stuff. We I had it all set, so it was easy for you guys because I felt if it was a big loop for you guys to go through to play this, you guys would be like, "No, we're not doing this." So I tried to make it as easy as possible. So it was some work, but yeah, we got Mario teaches typing for DOS, which and here's I, thing, I I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it either. I don't mind typing games. Um, I was annoyed with the fact that like these days. Uh, I, I'm not worried too much about capitalizing things, and I and I was doing terrible because I wasn't capitalizing things, and that was annoying me the wor- the most. So here's the thing: one is this is no typing of the dead. Yeah, no, <laughs> not close. No, not, uh, not two. This is weird that we've now had two typing games on Legend of Retro's Retro Relapse. How has that happened? Uh, three is I loathe the fact that between sentences, there is an extra space Mm -hmm. that is not done by today's standards. And it's weird because I have vague memories of that back in the day when I was young typing in like typing class. And I think that maybe like it was typewriters that you needed to put an extra space between sentences. It it, it was formatting that we would have to do that in high school for papers. They would have you period two spaces. That's, no, that's, I, I, I don't I think that. I ever did that. I did that in high school. I remember that being a regular thing. I do remember school. the two spaces in elementary school, but I don't remember anything after that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't think that was man. Spaces. Yeah, that was was not mandatory after that. So that was killing me because I'm normally very fast at typing. Uh, I'm usually pretty good. And so every time I would like hit space, start typing the next word, and then it would nothing would happen. I'd be like, what? And I'd be like, the the shift the caps lock the what is happening and then i'd be like space the revolutionary war was a bloody war of india yeah it's not even interesting sentences like abraham lincoln i'm not typing about abraham lincoln come on at least let them be mario stories i so i did uh levels if you will one and two uh, one was just like hitting the the keys on the keyboard and like hitting you know, having Mario jump blocks, mm-hmm. and that was obnoxious only because it was trying to play a crappy version of the Super Mario World like athletic theme on uh-huh. top of the beeps and boops of everything else, and that was enough to drive you insane. It was awful. Um, and then I did the one that was like the underwater level where you just had to keep typing words, and I didn't know that the levels keep going until you stop them. So I'm sitting at my computer, and like. <laughs> wide-eyed staring typing making sure i'm not missing and my eyes started to burn because i wasn't blinking because i didn't want to i wanted to do the best i could and the funnier thing is that this was on uh, the other night my wife had a uh, uh a zoom meeting that she was doing right behind me and uh just so you guys know this is all that her and her group heard <laughs> and afterwards my wife was like your keyboard is the most annoying thing I've heard in my entire life. I either have to not do my meetings in this house anymore, or just you need to not be down here. Uh, yeah, but honey, did you hear that athletic theme? Like, come on, this is only number two. Uh, well, I had headphones, so they 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 couldn't hear that. They just heard the the my mechanical keyboard like going to town. <laughs> 
Oh, but yeah, my eyes were like, ugh. I I finally just hit escape. It's like I have to stop, and my I had to like just close and rub my eyes for like five minutes because they were so they felt like they were on fire. I and I was like, I, that's enough. I'm not going to do any more levels. I could only play it for literally one minute. <laughs> I I the music made my ears bleed so bad, so bad. I mean, I. I, I it, if uh, yeah, if I didn't have the music on, I think I'd be okay with it. But uh, it was awful, <laughs> so bad. Yeah, it, it, it. I mean, let's face it. You know, if if you're going into a, a, this game and you're like, oh wow, a, a, a Mario game, you ain't getting a Mario game here. You're getting an educational game with Mario on it. <laughs> you're getting a Red Chops game. <laughs> yeah, this is like dollar store Mario game, Red Chops brand. I glitch. Yeah. What did you think of the game? Yeah. Uh, you jerk. Um, so my typing definitely improved. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was basically what I expected. Uh, I did the first level and I did the third, which I think is what uh, Chops and Craig did as well, um, where it's in the castle. Uh-huh, but yeah, yeah, it was it was weird with the two spaces between sentences everything in parentheses you had to do parentheses the you had to do like when you had to do years had to do that as well with the dash it was just odd but uh i don't know it was mario teaches typing on the dos i'm giving it a two out of eight what do you guys mario teaches uh uh punishment on the dos that's it you're giving it two i'm giving it a i'm giving it a one like it's it's not a game it's a punishment it's it's a tool for torture it's it is like the equivalent of luring a child into a van with candy <laughs> that's, that's what it is no the the punishment was the other thing i had you guys play but we're obviously talking about that later uh, uh, that's a episode for another time xander what's your uh uh rating on the 8-bit scale again i didn't hate it um and if i would have just blinked i probably would have been okay with it uh i'm gonna honestly i'll give it a four i i had i kind of want to go back and see if i can turn the the music off i mean i guess i could just take my headphones off but where's the fun in that um yeah if you take your headphones off then you gotta listen to your 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 uh ogre fingers at the keyboard <laughs> mm, that's okay <laughs> I, i've adjusted to it i don't even i barely hear it when i type anymore so yeah i if if uh I mean, for for a typing game, it's fine, but it's no yeah, typing a, of the dead. Do you have a going ranking list of typing games? In your I bag? do. Typing, <laughs> typing of the dead and everything else. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a three out of eight. It, that, that extra space uh, in the middle or after every sentence knocked off a point. But otherwise, it sure is an average typing game. Game being used very loosely. Yeah, I'm surprised that you guys gave it a score of that. I'm not yeah, gonna I am too. I'm very I surprised. Good. I feel good about this. This makes me want to look for something worse next time. Math blasters? I'll I'll tell you right now, <laughs> I won't get very far. <laughs> math blasters was fun though. I can't do math. It's not fun if you can't do math. That's a fair point. Don't you uh, work in a mortgage company? That's kind of a frightening. And I'm an engineer. I'm an engineer. Like <laughs> I should Uh-oh. be good at math, right? And it's not. It's not. I don't use math very often. I don't have to. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got a calculator with you everywhere you go. 
Take that, every elementary teacher ever. <laughs> You're never going to have a calculator when you grow up. Why would you, you know, you got to learn this math. Joke's on you, teach. I don't got to learn nothing. <laughs> I had one on my wrist back then. I got better one on my wrist now. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, guys, let's go ahead and jump on into our music bracket. Uh, because now we're uh, in uh, the second round, and it's just going to get tougher and tougher. Uh, so first up, from Mega Man 9, from composed by Ippo Yamada, Ryo Kawakami, Yu Shimoda, and Hiroki Isogai, uh, we have the theme of Tornado Man. Let's give it a listen. of tornado man can i say that i mean so we're in round two now and hopefully you're all paying five dollars and listening to the, the the drafts this was a chops pick and this is surprising to me because of how many high-pitched 8-bit noises there are in this song but it's it's like got the, the, moon, uh... you hate the moon because of that you hated the others uh, one of the other songs we listened to earlier today because of the high pitch like but this is like got it through the entire song and this is your pick explain yep. yourself green i will red so chops two things uh green chops one it's it's got uh nice like melodic like like undertones to it that i really like i like the drum beat to it as well uh and and my third point which i said there was gonna be two but i'm now making it three um i'm very inconsistent on things that i like and um often my mood in the moment change my opinions uh, much like the 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 way of the wind, as you could say. Um, so while I hate high pitched noises in songs, I really like the high pitched noises in this song. Interesting. Fair, you know, fair points. Yeah. It's a good song. I like it. Yeah, I'm not, it I, is. I'm just, as I it's, listen to it each time, I'm like, oh, that's kind of that kind of splits my ear a little bit. I'm surprised. Well, it up. <laughs> I think it's the same reason why I like the Proto Man theme is that it, even though it's high pitched, like that, it's like a whistling. It's not as it's not as like like vibrationally hurting in my ear as it should be. Um, well, I'm, I I don't have your ears, so I uh, can only imagine. It's true. I uh, but uh, do, you, do you want them? Uh, kind of. Okay. 
<laughs> is that weird? But not to use, but for like a necklace. Yeah, yeah. I I don't want them on me. I want them on me, if that makes sense. <laughs> Put it in the box with the rest of the other ears he had. The ear right. collection I have. Craig's an ear man. I don't know if you guys knew this. But uh, I am. I It's it's weird, but uh, 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 anyway. Anyways. Uh, going up against Tornado Man, we have from Mega Man and Bass, which was composed by Toshihiko Horiyama, Naoshi Mizuta and Akari Kaida. We have the theme of Tengu Man. Let's give it a listen. Phenomenal song. I uh and it's so different than so many of the other Mega Man themes that we he- are hearing in this bracket. Uh, you know, because the ones on the Super Nintendo were kind of the, the sort of the weird black sheep of the uh, Mega Man family. And this is like the extra black sheep of the family because we didn't get it until 2000, what, two, 2003 in America? On Game Boy Advance, and it wasn't even as good as the Super version because the screen size. Yeah. Was this uh, was this a Green Chops choice? Yes, this, this was a, a Green a, Chops choice. Up. And I'm pretty sure it's the only Green Chops choice that made it into the second round because y'all are animals. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if, if Red Chops had to decide, decide, I would gladly see this one gone because it, it just feels like um, uh, elevator jazz music to me. <laughs> uh, I could disagree with you more. I love the slap of the bass in this one. Um, and now that everyone knows that Tornado Man was Chops' pick, we all know not to vote for it. There you that. go. Hey, that's totally <laughs> fine. Keep, keep me alive. If I can get to round totally three, I'll be so happy. <laughs> I uh, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, if we're if we're being super transparent uh, for this particular matchup, uh, I'm very sure that Tornado Man's gonna win, and he's not going to deserve to win because Tengu Man's theme is infinitely better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Tengu Man won. Honestly. 
um, because it's so different. Because I think it's 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 so vastly different than the rest of the songs that were that people are going to be listening to in round two. You know what though? Uh, Cold Man had its butt kicked by Concrete Man, so you know yeah, I don't dude, see that happening. That's true. That's true. I will say the the winner of this has to go up against. Uh, Galaxy Man, because Galaxy Man's just going to win whatever. I don't even know who he's facing. Spark Man. <laughs> no, no, Spark, Spark Man's done. No, it doesn't matter. So I don't Galaxy know. Man, it's going up against Galaxy Man. That is not going to be easy. I don't so. know. Oh, man. I, 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 I'm I excited to see what the, the fans uh, pick for this one. Yeah, uh, but I mean, since everyone's ready to vote for Tengu Man, where do they go to vote, Craig? Well, when you want to vote for Tengu Man, uh, you go ahead and jump on our Facebook account. We have a vote there every week on our Twitter page. Uh, we also have a vote in our Discord every week. So go ahead and uh, jump on uh, GameZillaMedia.com. There's a link to our Discord there. Jump in, chat with us about retro games. We have our community playthroughs where we uh, all play old video games together at the same time. Uh, previously, we uh, have done Breath of Fire 3, which was also composed by Akari Kaida. So any fans of the music from Breath of Fire 3 will notice some similarities there, which is kind of weird that Chops is throwing Tengu Man under the bus when uh, his, Again, his pal a, Akari Kaida did it. I'm a person full of contradictions. And it's because you want to <laughs> win. I. Uh, but uh, if you do want to vote for Tornado Man, uh, please direct them at the brick wall over there. <laughs> and you can also vote on Patreon if you go to uh, or patreon.com slash Media. Uh, if you're giving as uh, low as $1 per month, you get a vote there. Uh, and uh, Glitch, tell them about our bonus episode that we release for $5 every month. Yeah, that is called Game Shark where we talk about all sorts of different things. We've done the draft, like Xander mentioned. Uh, and if you want to listen to other Rhythm of Retros, um, if you want to listen to our ranking on certain series, we do our top 100 uh, video game lists on those two. So definitely join Patreon, become a $5 member. You get access to everything previous. So there's two plus years of content, um, and it's definitely worth the price. Yeah. And we appreciate every dollar you give us. Jump on for $5 devour all the content in a month and give it a few more months and see what happens i uh, but i uh, guys we talked about one of the the most just quintessential video games of all time i uh, i think it's time that we uh sign off i uh, so we'll see y'all next time when the, the legend, legend continues, continues. Like she paused the game and my sister just sort of like did one of those slow turn things. And I was like, I, 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 I meant what I said. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, I'm the, I'm not the one who wanted the show to be, uh, uh, you know, PG. So that's on you guys.